Support for this podcast comes from CityCast Denver. CityCast Denver is the daily local podcast that tackles stuff you've been wondering about Denver. Would a Denver Olympics be a good thing? Will the cost of housing ever come back down to earth? Is Casa Bonita still Casa Bonita if the food is tasty? Each morning, CityCast Denver brings you the hidden gems and unexpected discussions you actually want to hear. Plus, a dose of local news to get you up to speed. Hosted by lifelong Denverite Bree Davies, every episode of CityCast Denver is the local conversation you won't want to miss. Made by Denverites, for Denverites. Find CityCast Denver on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Underground at the Showcase, an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase powered by Youth on Record. I'm Genevieve Glimp. Uh, We are recording all weekend at Mutiny Information Cafe on South Broadway with some artists who are performing at this year's festival. In this episode, we are joined by Chella of Chella and the Charm. Chella and the Charm is an Americana band bringing a fresh yet honest approach to the genre highlighting Chella's soaring vocals. The charm is leading Denver's country resurgence with inspiring songs and superior instrumentation. Careful to hone the roots of traditional country and Western music, Chella and the Charm update the sound by intertwining modern lyricism and catchy indie singer-songwriter sensibility. So let's listen to your song, Good Gal. Don't you just love your good gal? Ain't she fine, don't she treat you well? Keep a close eye on that you hope, dear. You better draw that good gal near. Wouldn't those black clouds gather underneath her smile? Ain't her mind rolling? Hi, Genevieve. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to UMS, and thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I wanted to start out by asking, what is your origin story as a musician, as a band? Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, what's my origin story as a supervillain? Um, well, that too. Well, we're not getting into that. That's classified. Uh, but as a musician, as a band... Um, <laughs> I started singing when I was like 10, semi-professionally, and then um, went to school for voice and theater and did that my whole life. And then I was in a series of bands, moved out here in 1999, the end of 1999, joined a jam band and sang with them for like six, seven years. And then things kind of just, I I realized um, they didn't, (laughs) they said that my songs were too personal or, you know, not jammy, bandy enough. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to go out on my own. And I started, I learned how to, I taught myself how to play guitar and wrote my own songs. And then sang uh, as, a, as a singer-songwriter solo musician for a number of years here and then started The Charm. And that's been an interesting odyssey. Uh, we have had a couple of iterations of the band, and now this one, 
I think is uh, just I'm just surrounded by amazing people in this group. I'm really, really proud of the songs that we're working on and writing. And, you know, that's kind of that's kind of it. I'm, that's the short. That's the elevator pitch of like how I got to be here. <laughs> Basically, a boy broke my heart and then another boy broke my heart. And then I wrote songs about it. <laughs> and that's how it goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your elevator pitch. You previously said that you're originally from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. What brings you to Denver or what brought you to Denver? A boy broke my heart. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, uh, I went to college um, in, at Winona State University in Winona, Minnesota, and fell in love with a guy there. And school, they wanted me to be an opera singer or a teacher. Do you study voice? Um, I study singer-songwriter. Yeah, we didn't have that. So it was like you you studied voice, and then they said, you can do only this style. And I was like, I you know, I grew up listening to a lot of, um, you know, I guess it would be like Riot Girl music and, and, and that type of thing. And it was basically like, well, you can teach or you can sing opera. And there wasn't any room for writing your own music or expressing yourself in a way that wasn't classical or classically based. So I uh, rubbed up against that. I didn't want to teach. I don't like children. Just kidding. Um, they're fine. Uh, but uh, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. And then my best friend at the time dropped out and moved out here to be with her sister. And she said, hey... Denver has a lot of opportunities for um, music, for you to be in a band, for you to do what you want to do. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in this really great relationship. You know, I'm 21 years old and uh, everything is through the mindset of a 21 year old. <laughs> it's like, no, this is going to be like a forever thing. And then, of course, we broke up and I thought, well, maybe I should check out Denver. And I literally told my parents I was going to move in July of 99. And they were like, you're not going to move. And then a month later, I had my car packed and was out the door. My mom to this day is like, I never thought you were actually going to do it. And then you pulled up to the house to say goodbye with your car packed and you did it. And so, you know, that was 22 years ago, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, everything is, everything I, I do, I guess, is heart... <laughs> Based in heartbreak. <laughs> it's got a beautiful, though, like creation out of destruction. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, all the best songs are brokenhearted love songs, right? Like, oh, totally. <laughs> I don't write political songs, but I write politically based love songs, I guess. <laughs> the politics of love. <laughs> Interesting. And kind of in that same vein, how would you describe your genre? I mean, it's Americana music, which is a fairly new term. Um, I've worked in record stores most of my life. So, you know, I'm, there's genres with subgenres with subgenres with subgenres. It's not fair to say that I make country music because a lot of people have a stigma around country music where it's like either it's, you know, it's trucks or it's Taylor Swift pop music or, you know, but we don't do that. Um, and it's not folk music. So I guess Americana is the umbrella under which I sit. <laughs> yeah. And what is, what does Americana mean to you? 
I think it's a blending of country and folk, but also, you know, a little bit of the blues. Like, if you think about, you know, like the Carter family, you would think this is straight up country or Johnny Cash or, you know, Hank Williams. But, like, everybody took a little bit of blues music from that, which is a truly American genre. And I, I think that, like, you know, the way to describe Americana is just like a bunch of, it's just a soup of all of that stuff together. And we, the charm, try, I think, to, you know, we don't, we're not folk, we're not folky and we're not super country. I just played a show, a solo show on Friday night where it was two female fronted straight ahead country bands, like radio country. And like, I don't do that, but I was I still could, like, weasel in there. I still could, like, fit in there, and, like, people thought it was okay. (laughs) But, you know, it's taking a lot of, like, sensibility from just tradition. I mean, like, just American roots music, Hmm. I guess. I don't know. What do you think Americana is? Well, David and I were actually just talking about this, but when I think of Americana music, what pops into my mind is the Lumineers. Okay. Generally. And I don't know if that's correct. Um, but that's what kind of comes to mind. And I think that that's a great segue into my next question, which is how do you feel like Americana music, maybe like country bluegrass music has changed or evolved in recent years? I mean, it's interesting to think about that. I mean, you mentioned the Lumineers, you know, pseudo Denver band. Do you think of, it wasn't really a thing And then those guys, you know, took off Mumford and Sons, you know, even Ratelift to like a certain point. It, what was the question? (laughs) How do you feel like Americana music has evolved or changed in recent years? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't, I think it's just become more accept, not accepted even, but like known about, or it's really become a genre that you can say, because before I would say I make Americana music and people would be like, I don't know what that is. And now you can say I make Americana music and people instantly associate bands like that with, with that. So it's, it's definitely easier to define or explain to people. Um, one of my f- most favorite artists is Nico Case. And she, you know, really, I mean, she's been putting out albums for a bajillion years but she is an Americana artist. But you wouldn't, I couldn't say to you, you know, in 2007, 2008, like, Amer- this is Americana music. You'd be like, I don't, okay, it sounds kind of like folk country music, mm-hmm. right? So then these other bands, you know, Elvis Perkins and the Lumineers and Mumford and & Sons and stuff, you know, they, they really popularized this like roots thing and now everybody knows what it's like so I guess it's it's changed in that like you can actually talk to people about it (laughs) before you know it was it, it was just this like cloudy mysterious genre of music which is super interesting to me having you know when people ask me like what kind of music do you make and then I just say I say Americana because it's it's true, but it's also like a kind of a catch-all. Like you can fit a bunch of different artists under that umbrella. So, but it's, it's. I mean, it's, I guess it's just changed in that you can, like people know what it is. <laughs> yeah, now we have language for it. It's not mm-hmm. so nebulous, maybe. Correct, yeah. And it feels like Americana was big in cities 
like Nashville, Austin, Chicago, do you feel as if Denver is catching up? No, Denver is... <laughs> What's funny is that it's always been like this here. Like, it's there's always been this scene here. What's interesting is that people are recognizing it in Denver now. But that's, you know, that's nuts. I remember the very first UMS that I played, the Lumineers were busking on the street. Wow. Yeah, like, they had goofy, old-timey outfits on... You know, they're really, really hamming it up. But, like, they were busking, and I was like, oh, those guys. I know those guys. (laughs) And, like, that was a bajillion years ago. And Denver actually has really built on its country scene. You know, we've got, like, Gun Street Ghost and Bison Bone and Hang Rounders and, you know, but it's it is still very underground. It's kind of like how the metal scene in this town is. Like, it's thriving, and it's there's a lot of bands but, you know, Denver's known as kind of like a party rock city. Like, mm-hmm. our bands are party rock, and that's awesome, you know. But there's, like, there's so many different layers to the Denver music scene, you know. And so, like, Americana music has always been here. Country music has always been here. So I don't... I think that the audience is catching up with the scene, to answer your question. Well, thank you. That does answer my question. <laughs> and, like, for your music personally, in the way that you describe it, it kind of evokes some nostalgia, I would say. Maybe some loyalty to some traditions um, in the past. And you've been releasing music since 2014. And as you continue to like honor those musical traditions, how do you feel you've also grown as an artist? I think it's important to keep a foundation And I always want, you know, even if I'm not thinking about it, that foundation is there. That's just how I know how to express myself. And, you you know, like I said, Nico Case is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Obviously, Joni Mitchell, you know, like that stuff is always in my brain. Like those modes of writing songs and things that you want to talk about, always there. But I, I don't know that it's always conscious that I do it. And I think... I think that it's interesting as I get older, as a songwriter, the things that I want to talk about, you know, a lot of my songs are about watching Denver change around me. Like a lot of songs are about that kind of thing. I have a song called Hey Man that's literally an existential crisis of my own while the city has an existential crisis, you know? Uh, there's that, and then there's my my relationship with uh, faith, Um with God and, you know, the idea of God. And and so that stuff weaves itself together, but always with this foundation of, of trying to just craft a good song. You know, first, first chorus, first chorus. <laughs> so it doesn't really, it, there's always that foundation. That's great to hear. And I wanted to ask, since you mentioned Denver and how you've kind of made it your, the center of your creative universe, I guess. How has living in Denver influenced your music? And I know you have a song called Denver USA. I do. So you could also tell us about that one. Oh, God. Um, Denver takes on, to me, it's a, um, a fully formed character. Sometimes a foil. Sometimes a nemesis. 
sometimes, you know, a lover and a partner. It's such a weird city and it's so strange to see how it's changed. Uh, you know, I'm not a native, but I've been here, you know, probably since you were born. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't presume to know your age, but like it's it's been this thing that like for as long as I've been here, I'm 44 and I, uh, I've lived here for 22 years. So I could have I, this could be my child, this city, like a fully formed adult. And and the way that it's changed and mutated, it's it's weird to think about. It's just really interesting and it's a really inspiring thing to me as a songwriter because it because there are so many layers to this city. And I love it. I I wouldn't have it any I could never imagine living anywhere else, honestly, even though I'm frustrated sometimes and sometimes I'm very proud. You know, it's I, I think it's just a it's Denver has become a character in my life and um, in my songwriting. Is that? No, that's beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate it. What do you write songs about? Gosh, no one has ever asked me a question. <laughs> um uh, I write a lot about relationships. Um, like you said, I write a lot about other people really inspire me. Sometimes TV shows inspire me, like relationships in TV shows. I write about like my identity, about mental illness. I think we have that commonality of heartbreak. You know, what's what's worse than that? I yeah, guess. I mean, we're all we're people. <laughs> we're in, walking around in a meat suit, like... <laughs> It's, uh, I, what do they teach you in, I'm so interested in songwriting school. Like, what, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it is a real degree that you can get, first of all. Um, but well, I should hope so. I bet you're paying for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> um, I, yeah, they kind of, it's, it's kind of a come-as-you-are environment, I'd say. Um, I'm at CU Denver in the MEIS program, and it's very much like very like no one, none of the professors are gonna try to get you to change your style, I guess. But I was I was also curious. I wanted to ask you about your classical training because you went to school for to be a classical singer. How did how did you kind of come into your own vocal style? Because when I hear you, I hear like some Martha Wainwright. Oh, sure. When I Thank hear you. you. I started singing in church, as people do. It seems like that's such a common through line, especially for, you know, root singers. It's like, oh. And, but I went to a, um, so I'm Irish Sicilian, and I went to a German Lutheran. <laughs> school for a long time, which doesn't make any sense. There was a Catholic school on the other block. I should have just showed up there on the doorstep. But so, you know, you start singing church, you learn harmonies and church singing and choir singing. And then I also did beauty pageants for a long time. They called them scholarship pageants because we're progressive, you know, and, um, so I, I did a lot of that. You do a lot of covers. I sang in, you know, state fairs and did all of that stuff. So a lot of um, Reba McIntyre aping. I I, I did, um, I guess they would call it drag. 
Like, but I would dress up like Reba McIntyre and, you know, do these state fairs and, um, you know, paid for a lot of school, paid for all of my school with that. So, uh, you know, it's in that, in that way you find a vocal style. And then I also just listened to a lot of women. Um, one of my favorite singers is Dar Williams. Not a lot of people know about Dar. And I, I feel like I picked up a lot of my, um, my cadence and, and things like that from, from her, uh, my songwriting style as well, you know, and, and like I I obviously I'm Joni Mitchell forever fucking queen. Like that, if you are a songwriter and you don't like really dig into Joni Mitchell, I don't know that you're really a songwriter. Like it doesn't like that shit crafts and you want to, you want to do that. You want to get to the meat. So I guess I'm always chasing that kind of thing. Um, what do, do they, I'm still, I'm so fat, Genevieve, I'm so fascinated by this whole songwriting school thing. Like, do they, do you like listen to people or, um, you know, do they spend like a week on Bob Dylan? Or like? <laughs> a lot of people are into Elton John. Okay. And Nora Jones. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? <laughs> I mean, can we just talk about that song, Don't Know Why, and how it literally lyrically makes no fucking sense at all? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what is she talking about? I met you at the House of Fun? What are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I have a lot of record store um, opinions. I ran a record store for 10 years here in town. In college, I worked at a record store. Like, I am an asshole about music. I have opinions. And one of my opinions is, like, what the fuck, Nora Jones? Like, that song is stupid. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But they're teaching you Nora Jones? Well, Yeah. Like, we listened to some Nora. (laughs) That one album that she did, it's got a gold cover and there's a Dolly Parton song on it. Like, Feels Like Home, I think, is the name of the album. That's a dope record. And that's an Americana record. Like, that's straight up, like, Roots. That's great. But that that Don't Know Why song, I don't know why it was a hit. (laughs) Everybody's mom bought it. That's, you know, there was, like, a couple of records (laughs) that you would sell... Uh, at Christmas time, <laughs> Rod Stewart's Great American Songbook. Uh, people, you know, kids would come in and be like, I, don't, I need to get my mom a present. And it's like, here's Nora Jones, Rod Stewart's Great American Songbook, and Andrea Bocelli. Get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> Those are some controversial opinions. What other? Are <laughs> well, I, people worship Nora Jones. <laughs> yeah. She, I'm, sure, she, I'm sure she seems, she seems like a nice gal. I'm sure she is. And I like that one record, but like that the hit record, I I waited by the house of fun. I don't know why I didn't come. What are you what's the house I'm of sure fun? I'm sure there's there's I, some meaning. I'm dying to somewhere. ask her. If I meet Nora Jones someday, I'm gonna be like, bitch, explain. Uh, please get back to me. <laughs> I will. I will. Do you have some other controversial opinions that will I have a thousand. Make I hate people the angry. Beach Boys. <laughs> I think the Beach Boys are fucking suck, dude. And uh, oh, you're wounding David. <laughs> I, yes. Oh, I'm wounding a white man with my opinion that the Beach Boys fucking suck. 
However, you can't. I, I have a question that I ask people a lot. Uh, it's like a party trick. If you could, if you could get rid of any band, well, if you could get rid of any song ever, you never have to hear that song again. But that means there's no covers. Nobody's inspired by that song. It doesn't. It just fucking doesn't exist. What would it be? Mine is Hotel California. Don't stop believing. There you go. Oh, really? Don't stop believing? I don't know. I mean, it's a thinker, and you don't want to rush to it because you're literally erasing this song from history forever. And I, as much as I hate the Beach Boys, I can't erase that band because a lot of bands that I like were inspired by the Beach Boys. Mm. So, fuck, you know, it's a conundrum. But if I have to hear how great and amazing Pet Sounds is again, and I will, I will, I will keep hearing. Men will always tell me <laughs> how great Smiley Smile is or Pet Sounds. Like, you just, no, you know, but Surfer Girl's like really a deep song. It's not. And like in my room, maybe, you know, that's, a, that's an incel anthem. I wasn't made for these times. In cell anthem, like I, no, Genevieve, I, I have a million opinions. <laughs> I have a controversial opinion what that I would it? like to I share. I love to hear it. I don't like the song "She Will Be Loved" by Maroon Five. I don't like Maroon Five. Yeah, I don't like Maroon Five either. That guy's a creep. And like, <laughs> look, Adam Levine. What's with those tattoos, man? Like, look they look like, like stickers. They look... Do you ever... <laughs> and no shade, but like... It's like one of those guys that like just walks into a tattoo shop, points at a flash wall, and is like, put it on my nipple. Like, it... it also, like, those songs are creepy. She Will Be Loved is... I think it's problematic, honestly. Like, you're making women... Like, it, like this guy's got to save this lady or, like, tell a bunch of other people that this lady is going to be okay. Like, fuck you, man. Like, no. And, like, uh, God, there's that, that animal song that they do with the serial killer video. Yes, like, yes. what? No. And, like, that guy can't really sing. I don't know. I have so many problems with Maroon 5. Like, just ripping off all kinds of face it black music like don't stop it stop stop it creepy creepy white dude yeah me and again to reference what me and david talk about sometimes is you know we talk about um how genres of music are credited to like being created by white men yeah you know namely americana music sure. actually yeah yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, that goes back to where I was saying, like, a lot of things are rooted in the blues in America. I mean, the, the whole genre of Americana music is rooted in the blues. Robert Johnson and, and you know, like, Big Mama and, like, you know, I like, I, just that stuff wouldn't have happened. You know, if you if you look at Hank Williams, who I adore... Like, that stuff wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have heard of Robert Johnson, you know, or 
or blind lemon Jefferson or whatever. Like it's stuff. It's just, just doesn't exist. So. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, I had a burning question for you and it is what advice do you have for new young artists? Oh man. Don't, get weighed down in bullshit. Like, there's so much that's... You got to be like this. You have to look like this. You have to sound like this. You have to do your socials a certain way. You know, I don't even get that TikTok shit. Like, fuck. I'm so glad the internet, like, didn't exist when I was in high school. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Well, it did exist, but, like, not on this level. We didn't have social media until... I was already out here, but like, yeah, I'm a thousand years old, but it, <laughs> especially for you, don't get discouraged. It's so hard. It's so hard all the time. And people have so many opinions and everybody's going to put their shit on you and on your music and what, you know, you're supposed to be doing or what you're supposed to say or you're supposed to think and that is such garbage. And I I think just be true to yourself. To thine own self be true. But write your songs, man. Like sing sing your heart out and write your songs. And do not let anybody, especially men, tell you what you need to be doing. And it's hard. There's a lot of men in this industry, and a lot of them control everything, and they're gonna have opinions. Fuck them. Thank you. I will I will carry that with me always. <laughs> we'll teach you that in songwriting school. <laughs> I'll come in and be a guest lecturer. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we end, can you tell everyone listening where we can find find you and your music? Um, so I do a couple of things. Uh, you can f- mostly catch up with everything on Instagram at Chella Negro. Um, I dabble in the Facebook just to keep the band updated because we have, you know, a lot of older fans that uh, hang out on Facebook still with no shade. And uh, Instagram is the best. I am in a Black Sabbath tribute band called Nativity in Black. Um, I highly recommend you check us out. Uh, I get to be Ozzy Osbourne in the best way, not in the creepy <laughs> snort Nance way. Um that's great. And then, you know, the charm is uh, working on some new songs. We're, we're going uh, to do some recording here. Should be pretty close to being done by the time this comes out. I'm, I'm looking for a December um, release, a little EP. Uh, that's it. Great. Oh, Spotify. We're on Spotify oh, yeah. and Bandcamp, obviously iTunes, I guess. I don't fuck with that, but we're on iTunes. Amazon? Yeah. I, I just type in Chella Negro and Chella in the chair. I'm, I'm the only one. So, Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you for being on Underground at the Showcase. It's been such a great conversation. No, so thanks. thank you. <laughs> thank you for catching on that ball of yarn thread with me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Underground at the Showcase is an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. You can learn more about Youth on Record at youthonrecord.org and on social media at Youth on Record. 
You can stream our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Our team includes Lauren Francisco, Sean King, and Tierney Worthen. This episode was edited and mixed by Akello Stallings. Our executive producers are July Jones and David Layden. Additional music for this episode was provided by 88. We want to give a big thanks to Mutiny Information Cafe for hosting us. You can learn more about Mutiny at mutinyinfocafe.com. Thank you for tuning into the show. I'm Danny Akery. And I'm Genevieve Glimp, and you are listening to Underground the Showcase. <laughs>